Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Indeed, they did not. Thank you, Marilyn. Mike, that is a uh, clip, not a highlight, I guess a little bit of a low light, but the opening play from last Thursday night when the Eagles and the Buffalo Bills met in a titanic tilt in South Philadelphia, second preseason game of the year. Good morning, everybody. It is the Sunday edition of Saturday with Ray and Glenn. Uh, I'm Glenn Mack now, joined by my friend, playwright Ray Dinger. <laughs> Ray may be a little wistful today. We'll explain why. But if you if you hear the little quaver in Ray's voice, if you detect the tears in Ray's eyes, understand there is a, there's a reason. It's, it's going to be a sentimental day for you, Raymond. I think it will be. It's, it's the final performance for this year of Tommy and Me, the play that Ray wrote uh, and has had a very nice 17-show run here downtown at the Fringe Theater. Um, but it's over for now. And uh, anyway, we, we'll talk about that later. But, Ray, you heard the opening um, sound clip of LeGarrette Blunt being tackled for a three-yard loss in the first play on Thursday night. And as you and I continue to kind of pick apart the bones of that preseason game, one thing that we didn't have a chance to talk about much yesterday was the failure of the running game, which 26 carries, 66 yards on Thursday. That's two and a half yards a carry, if you're doing the math. And so far, for this, uh, in the first two preseason games, 45 carries, 115 yards. Ain't going to get it done, Ray. No, it will not. Even, I'm, you know, and even You can say what you want about preseason and it being meaningless and Oh, who really cares about the preseason and who cares about winning and losing? Well, that part of it I agree with. The winning and losing is is not the important thing. But how you play is important. And beginning to put things together and develop some kind of continuity, especially for a relatively new offense, is important when you're two weeks away from the opener. And that's kind of where that's kind of what we have to decipher now is is what we're seeing, which is clearly ineffective. Uh, and then say, okay, well, this is just preseason football, or this is a foreshadowing of an issue that this team's going to be dealing with when the regular season starts. And if that's the case, you know, then you've got to be a little concerned. Because I, I really don't, and we've talked about this, I've, I've, I've said this before, and I apologize if it sounds like I'm repeating myself, but I really don't want to see another year where Carson Wentz has to throw the ball 600 times. Mm-hmm. I, I just I just don't think that's a, a winnable formula. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I, I really like this kid. I think he has a chance to be a really good player. But to ask him to throw 607 passes to me is, is just too much. I think you need to have a more balanced offense and a team that can run the ball and have success running the football. And 
confidence enough to run the football in those kinds of situations. And what we're seeing so far through two games certainly has been less than that. Part of my fear related to what you just said is that I think Doug Peterson's got the Andy Reid gene in him, which is this. All right, I'll run the ball two or three times at the beginning of the game. Guess what? If that's not working, uh, bubble screens all around. Mm -hmm. And he's just going to quit it and go to the pass game. Andy did it so many games that we saw over the years. Doug did it last year. If the running game is effective, he, he doesn't have a basis to do it. But if the running game is as bad as it's been the first two preseason games, then we got problems right here in River City. So yesterday the Eagles um, had allowed their position coaches um, to be interviewed. This is Teams don't do this a lot. You don't often get to talk to those guys. And Deuce Staley's the Eagles running uh, backs coach. And he basically echoed what they're all echoing, which is not to worry. This is going to work out just fine. Yes, we want to do better, but remember, we're not game planning, just kind of lining up, running some plays for the week. You know, you, I'm, I'm actually reading his quote. Sometimes you go out there, you want every play to be perfect, but it's not going to work that way. I think Doug hit on it. When you're not game planning, well, we're just out there evaluating the guys. Remain calm. <laughs> all is well as the crowd bears down on you. Well, guess what? <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Guess what? And I, I really like Deuce. Yeah. I really do. But but Deuce is engaging in, in coach speak here. You know, Deuce has sort of crossed over the line where he's talking like a coach now. Yes, you're not game planning, but neither is the other team. Mm. So why are they still beating you? You know, I mean, okay, we're not game planning. Do you think the Bills' defense was game planning? No, but they were winning the one-on-one battles. At some point, football comes down to winning those battles. And if you lose enough of them the way the Eagles were losing them the other night, that's a concern. I mean, this offensive line has not looked good now in two games. They didn't look good in Green Bay. They didn't look good against Buffalo. I know they didn't have Brooks in week one. I know they didn't have Jason Peters in week two. That's, I mean, that affects it. Lane Johnson's out of position at left tackle. But still, I mean, you got, you got to be able to do better than what they were doing or else we're going to be back in a situation where it's all going to be about the quarterback. And I don't think you want to do that 16 weeks in a row. Donnell Pumphrey had three carries for minus three yards. Um, Wendell Smallwood did not play again. Um, they are not playing Darren Sproles for now, which I think everybody thinks is fine. But really, the big story out of all this is LeGarrette Blount, who had five carries for eight yards. Ray, I know we talked about this a little bit yesterday, and it's not the most original observation on my part, but when I see him in these first couple games, it bears a striking resemblance to when DeMarco Murray came to Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. and he was terrible. And part of why he was terrible was the play calling, which is Chip Kelly would have him take the ball from a standing stop and try to go around the edge. Well, that's not how he runs, and it's not how Blunt runs, but they keep having him excuse me, try to sweep. Um. We agree the play calling makes no sense in this, right? Correct. How would you use LeGarrette Blount? I would use him the way I think you've got to use him during the season, which is as a power back, a between-the-tackles back, a north-south runner, um, who's going to, who's a, who moves the pile. He doesn't run around the pile. He moves the pile. That's what he is. I mean, he's 250 pounds. He's 30 years old. He's not going to run outrun people at the edge. That's why to ask LeGarrette Blount to run laterally and take these slow-developing sweep-type plays. I mean, it doesn't make any sense in August. It doesn't make any sense in October. It doesn't make any sense in any time because that's not what he does. You know, I, you brought him in here to be a guy that was going to give you power running inside, which they needed. You needed a guy that could pick up the third ones. You needed a guy that could run the ball inside the 20. That's what you got him to be. 
you know, you didn't get him to be a guy that's going to run stretch plays. And ask him to run stretch plays even in the preseason to me seems like it's sort of silly because, you know, the play has very little chance for success even when you send it in. A fool's errand, as they say. Now, there is another little bit of a thing, a little worm that's infested itself into my thought process. Okay. And it's the Ray Dinger theory. Mm-hmm. And the Ray Dinger those theory. Are, those are very scary worms. My, <laughs> my, my theories tend to be lethal worms. Yeah, well, this one is. And I remember when they got to Marco Murray, and you were very skeptical. And you said, hey, one of the things the running backs, man, you bring in a running back has got too much mileage, don't expect a lot. And the magic number was always? 300 touches. Last year, including the playoffs and the Super Bowl, LeGarrette Blunt had 342 touches. He is, as you said, 30 years old. He's had up seasons and down seasons, and he's got some mileage on him, right? Uh, should I be thinking about that already? Too early to think about that? No, it's not. Because there, there's, there's an awful lot of history that goes with that, Glenn. I mean, that's not just something that you and I cooked up this morning. I mean, if you look back, back through all of these guys, I mean, uh, you know, the Jamal Anderson's, Larry Johnson's, uh, Eddie George's, I mean, all these guys that come off years of really heavy-duty running, and 300-plus touches seems to be the magic number, um, they almost all have a down year the next year. It's a simple wear and tear factor. Uh, and you would think that if you're talking about a guy who's 30 years old, on top of that, yeah, is that a concern? It is. Uh, I, look, I was in favor of the signing of LeGarrette Blunt because I felt like they needed a bigger, stronger back, and he was certainly available, so okay, go get him for not a whole lot of cost on a one-year contract. I'm okay with that. Um, Does it concern you a little bit when you see what you've seen through two games? Mildly. I I just think that, and maybe I'll I'll be proven wrong on this, but I think the way you're going to utilize him, uh, if if they use him as just the kind of sledgehammer back that you signed him to be, I think he'll still be okay. You know, I, I don't think that, He's going to be a guy that's going to be breaking away on any long runs, but you didn't expect that from him in the first place. If all you're looking for is a guy that's got some power and a guy that can move the pile and a guy that can pick up the yardage on third and a yard and a half, I think you can probably still do that. You know, DeMarco Murray, they brought DeMarco Murray in here to be much more than that. They were a guy that was going to run those plays, but he was also going to run and break some big plays. That's what you're hoping for. I don't think you really were thinking that with Blunt. You were just looking for a guy that was going to be a power back and was going to hit it between the tackles. You have the other backs on your team that can gain the big yardage and break the big plays. So if all you're talking about is sort of picking up those yardage and and moving the pile kind of thing, I think he can probably still do that. But I would like to see him start doing it Thursday night. I, I, I think Thursday night's game, even though it's a preseason game, I, I think this team needs to be just a lot more efficient on offense. I want to see the offensive line play better, and I certainly want to see the team run the ball better. Well, they came out last Thursday and had three three and outs the, the, the first times they the first three times they had the ball they went three and out so right. yes you could it's tough to be less efficient than that um the, the, just the other thing and, and I really hope the blunt things work by the way there are people who are now floating stories that say oh he may just get cut I I cannot envision the possibility that the Eagles would cut like Eric Blunt it's, I I can't it's, either it's inane and I know everybody's got to write stories this time of year and right. you know 
I, I hate to go down the road of that ah, and just like if a Twitter hits, because I think people are sincere in what they write, but I just think it's inane to suggest that. But my other concern with Blunt, and, and I did say this at the time, and I kind of I'm sticking with it, which is in Doug Peterson's offense, more often running backs are going around the edge, and they're also uh, counted on to catch passes, and mm-hmm. neither of those is is LeGarrette Blunt's strength. He has in a three, six, eight-year NFL career caught all of 46 passes. Right. He is not going to be catching the ball. No. He is there for one purpose, and I hope they start using him for that purpose. Yeah, um, that's true. I mean, he's not he, – he's certainly – when you signed him, you knew you were not signing Brian Westbrook. You know, you knew you were not signing – Marcus, uh, Marshall Falk. I mean, you're, you're not signing that kind of back. I mean, this, this is a guy who's, uh, you know, who's, who's a 250-pound power runner. Um, the only kind of pass, the only kind of contribution he'll make to the passing game is he can run the screen. If you want to run a screen pass, he can run that. But as far as trying to, you know, match him up with a linebacker or doing wheel routes or anything out of the backfield, I mean, that's just not his game, and they wouldn't ask him to, they wouldn't ask him to do that, but... I mean, I heard somebody speculating the idea that, well, geez, he might get cut. I, I would be very surprised because they, they, they don't have that much depth in their backfield right now. Right. They, can't, not, they can't afford to be lopping not, off running backs. He's not costing you that much that, that it's worth doing. And just to be honest, executives don't like to admit failure like that. I can admit failure on that before this, the year even starts. Right. People don't work that way. No, I still I think he's going to be on the team, but the, but I think that when you brought him in here, I don't think anybody thought he was going to be a three hundred touchback in this offense. I think everybody knew this was going to be a share of the ball kind of backfield, and I still think that he can function okay within that kind of concept. All right, coming up on today's show, Ray and I will continue to pick apart the bones of Thursday's Eagles Bills game and look ahead to where that franchise is. Uh, we will, Ray. We got to continue to work on our stupid football bet. Yeah, how we. We began to make a little progress yesterday. Yeah, I got a couple of ideas emailed to me, social media and so on. I'll go over those with you. And by the way, Ray Didinger's unwitting fantasy tip of the week is coming up later. You don't need, you're not even aware of that, are you? No, I'm not. There you go. Ne- need I be? Uh, I'll get it out of you All one right. way or another. Major League umpires uh, begin the dumbest protest movement in the history of the world yesterday. A, a, uh, a college graduate says the NFL appears easy to him. We'll explain why there are no more Viagra ads going on on your television this year during pro football games. Sure, everybody's happy about that. And, Ray, coming up after the break, the Phillies season epitomized all in 16 seconds. (laughs) So we got all that going today. I can't wait. There you go. Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack now, 888-729-9494. 888-729-9494. That is also the Stakem text hotline or stake them text line you can text us with some witty bon mots on that we look forward to that hey summer savings are heating up at chevrolet of turnersville zero percent for 72 months on new 2017 cruise lts malibu lts and tracks lts right now at chevrolet of turnersville zero for 72 on new 2017 cruise lts malibu lts and tracks lts find new roads Route 42 in the Turnersville Auto Mall, online, ChevroletofTurnersville.com. Some restrictions apply. Sale expires at the end of the month. See dealer for details and tell them Glenn Mack now sent you. Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack, now absolutely gorgeous Sunday afternoon in the Delaware Valley. Ray, I know you're as delighted as I am that tomorrow promises to be a warm, sunny, clear sky day. Oh, it's 
Sounds very nice. And why is that extra important tomorrow? Uh, well, I know you're all excited about uh, about the uh, eclipse. Ray, when something comes by once every 39 years, I tend to think it's worth checking out. Mm-hmm. I hope that you have altered your plans to sit in a dark movie theater between 1 and 3 p.m. and we'll be like the rest of Americans, go outside, look at the sky, and bask in awe and wonderment at the celestial incredibleness. Probably not. Uh, I think Mitchie Tools and I are taking a pass on this one. <laughs> you go. You're judged by the company you keep. That's exactly right. All right. Let's talk to Simone. You're on 94 WIP. Gentlemen, how you doing? Uh, i got a couple points, but uh, one the, the number one point, just as you guys started off, um, LeGarrette Brunt, as you said, cannot run a sweep. Did you notice Thursday when he ran through the tackles at one play, he gained eight, nine yards? I mean, I think the Eagles are a playoff team, but if the Eagles don't make the playoff playoffs, it's because of Doug Peterson. How do you – I mean, you don't have, it's not rocket science. He's running a sweep, loses three yards. He runs through the tackles and gains eight. Hmm. I mean, doesn't the coaches see this? Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, it's and it's not any kind of a revelation. I mean, if you know LeGarrette Blunt and you've followed him at all in his career, you know you know what he runs well and you know what he can't run. And 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 sweeps are something he just can't run. So it, I mean, to to call that play, uh, to run it to the side to, and and to run him on a sweep to a side where you have a tackle playing out of position and a tight end who can't block. Um, you tell me what your chances of success are at running that kind of play. It just, it's just not going to work. And uh, two, two other points I have. Um, how concerned are you of the uh, kicking game? Sturgis has missed two kicks already. And I don't um, trust Sturgis, but I don't think that's going to change for now. But I, I, I don't trust Sturgis in the big moment. Yeah, neither do I. And uh, this third point, um, me being from Glasgow, do you think uh, Corey Clement is going to make the team? I think Clement. I think he has a chance. Do you? Yeah, I I, I really do. Um, a lot of it depends on Smallwood um, and his health. You know, if if he's had this, he's he got hurt last year. Comes back this year. He's got got a hamstring issue, which has prevented him from playing the last two games. Uh, he was very good through the OTAs, but I mean that's. I mean, shadow boxing, really, for a running back. I mean, yeah. he's got to play now to show what he can do. Uh, and his unavailability to me uh, has given Clement an opportunity to compete for the spot. I, I know, here's the thing, I, I know Deuce, I know Deuce, who's the backfield coach, really likes Smallwood. He really likes the kid. Uh, and I think he's, I think he's going to push to keep, give him some time and, and get him back on the roster. But if Clement continues to impress, and he's been impressive so far, and he, and he's, you knew he could run, but he's also improving in areas where he needed to improve, which is receiving and pass protection. I mean, he's making strides in all those areas. So, I mean, I didn't really think it was going to be that competitive for a roster spot, but I think it is now. I, it's, I think it's kind of important that Small would get on the field and play a little bit on Thursday night well, and you show think, him something. So you're saying you think there's a possibility they would cut Smallwood? Yeah, I think it's possible. That'd be a surprise. I think... It, Entering the off season, we thought, well, we, I shouldn't say we, I thought that Smallwood would be, you know, a pretty good part of the future of this team. Would be a rotational back, maybe this year get 125 to 150 carries for the year. Mm-hmm. Now you're telling me the guy could just be out the door. I would say it's still, 
if you ask me what's the greater likelihood, the greater likelihood, I think, is that he does stay. Um, but I, I don't think it's, um, you know, I, I don't think it's by any means a sure thing. Um, I mean, the, the injury factor is, is a very real thing. I mean, he's, the kid has had trouble staying healthy. He got hurt last year. He's hurt again now. If you have a running back that, that can't stay healthy, then that's, you know, that's got to be a consideration as to whether you're going to keep him as part of your roster or mm-hmm. not. All right, Ray, I'm going to take a, a brief aside from football. We'll be getting back to that and the running backs. Uh, but you got 16 seconds to spare, Ray? Uh, I believe so. All right, Ray, for your entertainment pleasure, this is the Phillies, Phillies' entire 2017 season epitomized in 16 seconds. I give you the first pitch of last night's game against the San Francisco Giants. <laughs> Ray, well, that does kind of sum it up, doesn't it? Ray, you, you've been a tougher critic of the Phils than I have all year. I I give you the floor. Well, they they did win. They did win. We're, <laughs> I'll get to that part in a moment, okay? There were a couple of actual highlights yesterday. But here's what you got. The first pitch of the game, the pitcher gives up a bomb. It goes off the wall, and your outfielder decides to play Caleb Sturgis with it. Mm-hmm. And it ends up, he kicks it. Into center field. So your center field's now trying to chase it. Meanwhile, Denard Spann, once fast, I don't know that he's that fast anymore, is circling the bases, one nothing. Fransky was brilliant. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, he described it well, but the tone of his voice, the, that, that sort of air of resignation, and, and haven't we all seen this before? The fatalism in yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, he said so much without saying, without saying anything. The tone of his voice just, uh, I mean, I think it captured everything at the fans. Those that are still paying attention um, have been feeling about this team pretty much since May. Bad pitching, bad fundamentals, mental errors, physical errors. Your 2017 Phillies, catch them. (laughs) Anyway, as you noted, they did win the game. uh, And one of the reasons they won the game is because of rookie Reese Hoskins. And so let's uh, take a look in on Reese Hoskins. Well, Ray Hoskins now has four home runs mm-hmm. in uh, what the first two weeks he's been in the major leagues. Right, that's very encouraging. Well, you knew the boy had some power, and he's certainly showing it. And he's got a hitter's eyes, taking a lot of walks too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he's he's only hitting what's he hitting two twelve, but I'm not going to judge that in thirty five at bats. What I do see is he takes a walk and he hits for power, and those are two things that I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's doing well. Um, Williams, Nick Williams is continues to play pretty well. He's uh, he's got a f- eight twenty eight uh, OPS, which is pretty darn good. Uh, Alfaro is getting a little bit of playing time. He had a home run the other night, so he's you know he's kind of getting it together, hitting the ball. If you take those guys, Ray, and you throw in Aaron Altier, and uh, let's just keep Oduble around for now. We can discuss his pluses and minuses, but you, you, you put him in the mix. Mm-hmm. Little Cesar Hernandez, Freddie Galvis. You got something going there? Um, in terms of what? In terms of being 500 or in terms of actually having something? In terms of having the beginnings of something. In terms of having well, it's not, I mean, enough it's not, it's players. It's not the big red machine, if that's what you're no, telling me. No, it's not the big red machine, and it's probably not Utley, Howard, Hamels. I, and by the way, I mentioned no pitchers in that list. Right. So I guess the only pitcher, I, other than Nola, is there another pitcher that you feel good about right now? 
No, I don't need. And, and your bullpen's a catastrophe. It's it is. Yeah, they they had they had a what an eight run lead yesterday and almost coughed it up. Yeah, Giants score five in the ninth and had had the tying run at the plate at the end of the it game. Was it imploded? Like, was it Ramos that imploded last night? Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. So, Odubre Ramos, uh, two thirds of an inning, six hits, five runs. That'll kill your ERA for the season. <laughs> Yeah, and Eikhoff looked bad in the start, and he's been so up and down this year. I, I do believe in Nola, but, you know, all those other Pavetta all, all, and all those other guys, Jake Thompson when he's up and down, I don't really see anything with any of those guys. Lively Velazquez has been a disaster this year. I know. So they were, I mean, they really, going into the season, they were, one of the things they were really talking about was all the all the good young arms they had. And, and you know, the, the idea that that, <laughs> That that promised a bright future, and that has been maybe the most disappointing thing of all is the pitching staff has been so bad. I mean, with the, with the exception of Nola, they have the pitching staff has been terrible really all season. But I do, I do believe in Nola. I think that I think Nola is a good pitcher who knows how to pitch and has a lot of ability. Uh, the only question with him is can he can he hold it together physically over the course of a whole season? I I just hope he's not one of those guys that's just going to have one you know, one breakdown of one arm, one arm injury after another. That, that is the risk with him, right? He does. He seems a little fragile. All right, I, I want to play one more highlight, right? But I, I will tell you I play this under protest. You ever have a guy on your team, but he bothers you that he's on your team because he's so bad that he epitomizes how bad your team is? You yeah, know what I'm talking I'll, about? Yeah, sure, all the time. Okay. Michael Martinez was that guy for me with the Phillies for I, a long time. I know Why are you in the major? Why are you on my team? You stink. And he hung around here for a long time. He, yes, he did. This year's Michael Martinez for me is Ty Kelly. Uh-huh. It annoys me that Ty Kelly is on the Phillies, but fair is fair, and this is last night. I was not sharing Larry Anderson's uh, glee. No? The, I mean, listen, I'm delighted that they won, and I, I, it's a lost season, but I still root for the Phillies every game, and with the young kids coming up, I got invested in that. But Ty Kelly's presence annoys me, and I was – Literally watching at that moment, yeah, right. I went upstairs to. to I was going to go to bed early last night, so I went upstairs, flipped on the TV. I'm changing, and um, and I put it on right as that inning occurred. So I'm kind of sticking with it. And he comes up with the bases loaded. And I swear to God, I go like, I'll be going to bed in 30 seconds, right? This this thing is done. And then he hits the grand slam. Yeah. So so you're not. What you're saying is you're not. You're not clearing space on the Phillies Wall of Fame for Ty Kelly no. on the basis of that one swing of the bat. Huh? No, I have nothing against him personally. I'm sure he's a, he's a great American and treats his kids, wife well, whatever. You know, I'm sure he's he's a loyal teammate and a I, I fine an, man who stops at yellow lights. But I, he I saw an inter- me. I saw an interview with him during one rain delay where he seemed like no, a del- delightful no, guy. No, they did not do a feature on him. Yes, they did. They wasted a feature on this during, guy during a rain delay. During one of the rain delays, they did a, an extended, an ex, and I mean extended, interview with Ty Kelly, and it, and it was it was it was one of those so bad it's good things. Like I, I mean, I couldn't stop watching it. It was it was it was it was, it was, it was hilarious. What in the world could he have had to say? Uh, he's talking about a screenplay he's writing. Oh, that's I remember hearing talk yeah. of this. Yeah, he's writing. He's writing a screenplay. You know, uh, in his spare time, of of which he obviously has quite a bit. I wish him tremendous success. Yeah, in his next career. Yeah, I mean, he might be the next Aaron Sorkin for all we know. That would be that'd be great. <laughs> I hope he gets to it quickly. <laughs> Again, 
He hit a grand slam last night. My timing on this is not good. No, probably not. I mean, you, you could have picked on him almost any day of the season. You pick the day after he picks a pinch hit grand slam. I'm going to ask you this question. Uh, and if you want a couple minutes to think about it over the break, by all means, you, you may. Um, but I just gave you two examples of guys who are on my team. And, and by no stretch are they bad people. Like, sometimes you're rude against the guy because he's a crumb. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I have no reason to believe Ty Kelly's anything but a great guy, but I just can't stand his presence on my team. Yeah, okay. Can you give me somebody that you've felt that way about? Hmm. You want a few minutes? Yeah, give me a little time to work on that. Right, we'll, we'll have that coming up. If anybody else wants to add somebody to that, that's, by all means, we welcome your call. 888-729-9494. 888-729-9494. Also coming up, because everybody's fantasy football drafts are coming down right now. My family one is coming up uh, over next weekend. Ray Dinger, noted fantasy hater. I shouldn't say hater. Agnostic? Non-believer, let's Non-believer. Say. There you go. Atheist. <laughs> noted fantasy atheist is going to unwittingly give you all a big fantasy football tip. 888-729-9494. With Ray Dinger, I'm Glenn Macnow on 94WIP. And this is Ray Dittinger here to tell you that Vidian Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram is always my top draft pick. During the summer clearance event, you'll be ready for summer with amazing deals on all new Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram vehicles. Vidian has been family owned and operated for over 62 years, and it is by far the most welcoming and reliable of car dealers. There are no pushy salespeople and owners. Steve Vidian is on the sales floor every day, making sure that every customer leaves satisfied. Visit Vidian's stunning showroom today to check out my top draft pick, and take a test drive. Located on Route 3 in Newtown Square, PA. And when you visit, please make sure to say hello to Steve Vidian. He's right there on the floor to greet you. And mention that Ray Dinger sent you. Go to Vidian.com to check out their tremendous prices and their latest inventory. That is Vidian.com. Sports Radio 94, WIP 2020 Sports. I'm Sue Schilling. The Eagles are back on the practice field this morning. Jason Peters and Ron Brooks also back on the field. It is a light practice as the team is in shorts. They're getting ready for preseason game number three Thursday night at home against the Dolphins at 7 o'clock. And beginning tomorrow, the Eagles and Dolphins will hold joint practices. The Phillies and Giants will play again in San Francisco later this afternoon. First pitch at 4.05, leading off with Rob Cherry. Begins at 3 o'clock. The game can be heard right here on 94 WIP. Ben Lively returns from AAA Lehigh Valley and will take the hill for the Phillies, who are coming off a 12-9 win in San Francisco last night. It was their first win on this road trip after losing their first five. Ty Kelly, a pinch hit grand slam in the sixth inning. Phillies manager Pete McCannon says it was good to see the bats come to life. Hoskins a big home run, uh, obviously, Ty uh, Kelly with the, with a slam that uh, really opened the gates and um, uh, Rupp added on and thankfully he did. It, it we, looks like I didn't think we'd need it, but I was happy we had it. Philly starter Jared Eikhoff struggled, lasting just four and two-third innings, allowing four runs on eight hits. CBS 3 Eyewitness Weather, sunny today, high 87 at 76 in Philadelphia. Get the story 20 minutes before and after every hour for breaking news and scores. Go to cbsphillysports.com. Follow Sports Radio WIP on Twitter. 2020 Sports on Sports Radio 94 WIP. That's it, Ray. I'm staring at the sun tomorrow. I've decided I don't care. 
I sent a friend of mine a note. Well, he sent me a note. He said, did you, did my friend Bruce, he said, did you get the special glasses? I said, not yet. There's a guy tonight in Havertown. I might be able to get him. He said, uh, uh, he's doing, hold on, let me find his note here. He said, he's doing a special pinhole projector. I said, what are you going to put your head in a box? He said, no, two pieces of paper, a pinhole in one. The other is the screen. My back is to the sun. An image comes through the pinhole and projects on the other paper safe. Right, I am not going to stand there tomorrow with the eclipse with my back to the sun looking at two pieces of paper. Do you know how nerdy this all sounds? It's extremely nerdy. I'm just going to stare at the sun. What could possibly happen, right? <laughs> what could go wrong? You'll see me the next day. I'll be like the kid in Christmas story, right? <laughs> and it comes in with the white cane and the glasses and the guard dog, guide dog. That's going to be me. All right, let's go to Greg and Langhorn. You're on 94 WIP. Good morning, Greg. Hello, Greg. Uh, this is Chris. I will take Chris in Quakertown. What's going on? Uh, well, I was loving your Phillies talk this morning. Uh, my kid goes absolutely crazy when Ty Kelly comes to the plate. You know, he just uh, it's like a little leaguer showing up in the major league game. But, right. uh, you know, big hit last night. And I'm with you. I was ready to go to bed. And, I'm like, all right, you know, i got to watch this. And, you know, lo and behold, miracles do happen. Sure. But my concern is, you know, you listed off all the players, and a lot of them have progressed, uh, especially the hitters. And they come up to the major leagues, and it looks like a lot of the guys are listening to stairs and, you know, are taking better swings. But the pitching hasn't. They've had success in the minors. They come up here, and they struggle. And I don't understand the love affair with the two pitching coach, Kranitz and Bob McClure. I, they're just, they're not growing. The guys are not progressing like the other players are. And I just don't get why these guys are even here this year because it was the same problem the last two years. Hold on, let me go to noted Phillies coaching critic Ray Dinger on this. I've, I've been telling you I don't think McClure is a good coach all season. I, and I've, I believe in June said that he should be, uh, he should be done. Yeah, I don't think there's a so love we, affair. So we obviously anybody. agree with you. Yeah. Well, Udebre Ramos, I mean, you know, it's great when you throw 96-97, but if you can't get it over the plate, and, you know, you think he had a high ERA after the game, it was high coming into the game. This guy does not belong on a major league roster yet until he figures out the strike zone. And my other point is starting pitching, guys go 4-5, that's it. They're not being stretched out. They're not understanding how to But that's all anybody does anywhere anymore. This is a well, this is this is a thing. And thanks for your call. This is one of my gripes about baseball these days. Hey, baseball today. <laughs> um, I don't want to be that guy. Okay, oh, I'm not ahead. saying I'm not saying we need to go back to Steve Carlton, Mickey Lolich. Uh, you know, guys throwing 22 complete games a year. Denny McLean. Right. We I'm don't... not. I'm not going back to that era. I'm just trying to uh, uh, Roy Halladay, for God's sakes. Right. It wasn't that many years ago. If you look at those Phillies pitchers who came through here, him and Lee and Hamels and so on, you don't get complete games, but the starter would go seven, eight maybe, right? Yeah, sure. These days, and this is throughout baseball, this is not just a Phillies thing, six innings is considered a lengthy start. Five innings is, is almost the norm. Five innings is acceptable. Six innings is really good. But part of it is because so many of these teams have bullpens full of these hulks who can throw 103 miles an hour, come in, throw the sixth inning, um, strike out the side, and go sit down. The Phillies don't have those guys. No. 
Not that the starting pitching is good, but they don't have those guys to get them through the middle innings, which is what other teams have. That's right. And that's an aspect of the game that can't stand. It's why teams carry 13 position players and 12 pitchers because you got a, a bullpen. It's, it's more people live there than Manhattan. And it's part of the reason why games last three hours and 45 minutes because you get so many pitching changes. Yeah. I mean, you'll, you'll have a two-to-one game where the two teams will combine <laughs> and, and use 11 pitchers in yeah. a two-to-one game. Yeah. It's, it's, okay. I, it's one of the things about the game that, I mean, I hate to sound like the crabby old right. guy we're, complaining about. We're definitely about, two crabby old but, guys I mean, that's, But I definitely think it's true. And, right. it's not, and it's not just this team. It's across baseball. Right. I don't want to turn back the clock to 1982. I just want to turn back the clock to 2009 in many, many ways with the Phillies. Uh, Ray Dinger, I asked you a question before. I don't know if you had a chance to think about it, but can you name me a guy who played for one of your teams that his mere presence annoyed you as a sign of uh, failure and mediocrity? The one that came to mind, and I'll I'll stick with it, was Dahani Jones. <laughs> yes. Dahani Jones just, just bugged me. Yes, why? Yes. I mean, the whole... A- and... Well, I mean, I've, so much about him just seemed like an affectation. The bow tie seemed like an affectation. The, you know, the 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 the, the glasses seemed like an affectation. The way he dressed, the way he spoke, um, his, you know, he was drawn to every TV camera like a moth to a flame. Yes. Uh, did and, the little guitar thing and, after and, a rare tackle? Did, did, you know, he would make a tackle, one tackle in a game, and he'd get up and 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 do air guitar. I mean, it was it was all just really. Really annoying. Yeah, he it really, was. It really grated on me. He was a thoroughly annoying and disappointing player, and ended up doing like he had like a t- network TV show. Yeah. Oh, he's done. It. He 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 did a good job marketing himself. Brilliant. That's a good one. That's a very good answer. Um, all right, let's grab one more call here. We think we have Greg and Langhorn. We're having a problem with our phone lines today, so it's not going to be quite as smooth. We appreciate you hanging in here, but let's try Greg and Langhorn. No, gentlemen. No, no, nothing personal. Taken, gentlemen. Hey, how, how you are you? Good. Awesome. Hey, happy. Uh, Solar Eclipse Eve there, Glenn. I know there you go, excited. right? You're going to watch. I am going to be there, yeah. I'm going to put on two pairs of sunglasses. That's my best, best I can come up with. <laughs> I may do that. Just to play it safe. That's good. <laughs> yes. Um, just real quick, a guy I didn't like was when we brought McTavish in to, quote-unquote, help Lindros mature. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he just, he did it. he's like, oh, he does all those things you don't see. I didn't see one damn thing he did he was kind to of help that team out. Yeah, He, he was, was past his prime. He was a pro's pro, but he was kind of, he was... Shockingly, unlike every other guy the Flyers brought in that decade, was kind of washed up. Yeah. Yeah. He was was a good player back in the day in Edmonton. Oh, yeah. But he had really kind of outlived his usefulness by the time he got here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, surrounded by that cast. Anybody could look good. Yeah, I get you. That makes um, sense. Yeah. Um, but, again, I, uh, Glenn, I always love your Tuesday articles. And, again, you, you, you spoke right to my heart with this whole Peterson is just Andy Jr. thing. Mm-hmm. And I you can give him all the talent in the world. I just don't know that he knows how to use it or even properly. It's just, it's my biggest concern about the Eagles right now. We can talk about, um, the running game. We can talk about the secondary. I mean, there's, you know, very, everybody's got their thing. My biggest concern, uh, Greg and Ray is the head coach and whether he's up to the job. Yeah, I guess I think he's, I don't think he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room like Andy does, but, I think he's going to sit there, okay, what? You know, he's going to read from the scriptures of Andy and say, oh, what would he do in this situation? And we all banged our head for 13 years with that. What would Andy do? 
He's going to wear a little bracelet. I wouldn't know. WWAD. No, we know. I think we know what Andy would do. <laughs> you have when, a, when in doubt, throw the ball. You have a stupid bet for us? Um, yeah, kind of along the same vein. Uh, how many times do you think uh, Doug won't use Lavarius Blunt on third and one? I don't know how we. But it's right there in his face. Yeah. All right, th- and, and thanks for the call. That, that's a tough one to, to keep track of. You're going to have to sit there every game with a well, you'd have to marker you'd have, and then agree log, after the game. You'd and, have to log every third and one and yeah. then do a breakdown of how many times on third and one they, they passed versus run. You want to do that much work? I actually do. I actually do it. I, I, I do log all the downs. So I, I could probably do it out of my game notes. But I don't know if it's a worth. I don't know that it's, it's that compelling a bet. Not really. Yeah, it's, a, it's not a fun bet. Yeah. It's a depressing bet. <laughs> No, I keep I keep one it's whole a depressing separate, bet. I keep one whole separate log just on third down play, so it wouldn't be that hard for me to track it. I just don't know if it's a particularly good bet. Yeah, I appreciate him by the way praising uh, my my article. I write every uh, Monday. You can read it online, and every Tuesday you can read it in Metro Philly. I do a sports column for them, and I enjoy it. They're, they're good people, and it's you know what? It's fun just to just to dabble in writing, just to keep a hand in it. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. You and I both started as sports writers, and I. There's still a part of me that that misses it. So being able to do it once a week for the Metro is is fun. Actually, to take it one step further back, you and I both actually started as news reporters. That is true. We were news reporters who then transitioned into sports. Correct. Political writer, me. Uh, And you transitioned now into, uh, not screen, playwright. (laughs) So how about that? Well, what's I, next in the Dinger career? You'll be you'll be there to help me close the show today. Looking very much forward to it. Ray, what's next on this show? And I'm hoping if anything can swing you, it's this person. Katie Fellinger, Channel 3, uh, CBS 3 meteorologist. Smart, sharp, as, as charming as can be, mm-hmm. is going to come on here and she is going to convince Ray Dinger to center his day tomorrow around the... Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.